Welcome to Catfish, Dave. How are you? I'm good. It's cold out there. It isn't it? The wind. I, um, oh. I've let my jacket deteriorate. All week as well. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to let up. I'm off to Italy on Friday. Oh. So What's the weather looking like there? Hot. What's hot in Italy? I don't even know. 20, 25, I think. Just beautiful. Yeah. And nowhere yeah. near that uh, hole in the ozone layer. So you can just yeah, soak yeah. it all off. Come back with a tan. Um, I don't think you do. You tan, do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see you. Oh, really? Yeah. You should see me in the middle of summer when I'm running around in bare feet. <laughs> Welcome our guest uh, who just, just laughed into the microphone. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was keeping it low key while we were talking about the weather in Italy. Blake Willoughby, uh, comedian slash home brewer. Is that an f- accurate description? Uh, well, it is now, yes. Uh, as of a week ago, I've just found out I'm, I'm losing my job where I made the beers. So, uh, yeah, the home brewer now. Okay, um, so you're a professional brewer then? Were you- Professional light, okay. Maybe uh, I, I work at uh, well, well, for the next couple of weeks. I, I'm, I'll be working. I work at. Have you guys ever checked out? You brew it? Any of the you brew it's or anything like that? Uh, I've got mates that have done a few ba- batches there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So that's small batch brewing type thing where we go through the whole experience and teach it. I'd give more of a plug, but I guess there's no real point no, now, no point is there? Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Don't go there by the sounds <laughs> of it. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> by the time you hear this, I'll probably be on the streets holding up a sign asking, you know, can I make beer at your house or something. <laughs> Let's run through some news before we uh, jump in and, and learn why, sure. why Blake's here. What's going on? Uh, feel free to jump in. Blake, yeah, if sure. You, if you have anything yeah. to add. I think we knew about this ages ago, and I don't know if it ever got announced. Uh, Pirate Life uh, opening up a brewery in Port Melbourne. Port Adelaide, sorry. We got the- uh, Oh, I was going to say Port Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. sorry. We got the uh, <laughs> down low information on that when we uh, went over there. Last yeah. Time. Did we tell anyone about that? No, it was hush hush back then. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, there, it's by all counts- knowledge. Yeah, by all counts, it's going to be really big. Um, Port Adelaide- uh, I think it's going to be a tap room, which they've kind of been lacking. They've had their distributor tap room attached, but not really a tap room. It's yeah, just I think recently they've had like their tap room and then it hasn't really been much of a buzz about it. But yeah. it's all packaged though, I think, yeah. from their current site. But the new site sounds like it's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. I think that's sort of the way that most places are going nowadays. Yeah. Isn't it? You've got to have a little bit of a draw for But also not there. only is it going to be a cool um, – Hospitality venue. I think it's going to be a pretty large production facility as oh, well. Oh, really? So, okay. Um, they're not. They're not going to fuck around with it. Um, I had a look at some of the plan because I sort of could. You can work out where they're going to be setting up from mm. some of the clues that um, they've said in their media releases, mm. and it looks like a pretty like emerging area with a lot of the old factory warehouses okay. being converted into cooler, more fun sort of stuff for a bit of a. I like this bit of detective work you've done, Dave. Oh, I took a. Seven point five minutes yeah, on Google nice. to do. So, um, <laughs> well, I could say I'm not well versed on how Port Adelaide is when it comes to buzzing beer scene. So, well, hopefully they're bringing a lot of people. From um, the Melbourne perspective, it's probably minor at this stage, but I think it's emerging at least. So yeah, it'll yeah. Be, well, I mean, I mean, I don't think they know how to put a foot wrong at the moment. So, hmm. I'm sure it's uh, well thought out. Yeah, people are going to go to drink Pyro Life. That's for sure. Uh, also in brew pub news, Little Creatures are opening one in Auckland, New Zealand. Really? Course, yeah. Which a couple of people sort of were unsure about because they've got um, under the same sort of brand as Emerson's and who's the other one? Panhead. Uh, are they? That works anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Panhead. Well, they'd be very similar to Emerson's in like from. Where the kind of places where they're being served and everything like that. Yeah, it's the same I, kind of. Yeah, I agree with that. But like, brand. they don't have the they don't hit Auckland in the fields the way Emerson's does. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of locals will appreciate that. Where oh no, definitely. Yeah. Um, when little creatures are probably looking at the same market, they don't have that connection with anyone. So little creatures, a lot of people don't realize there's a few overseas now. I think there's one in Hong Kong, one in Shanghai. There might even be a third. Um, I think they make more sense than a New Zealand one. Though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it is an interesting move, but I can see, I guess, if that's going to be their international brand, um, I guess like a Goose Island or, or whatever, that makes sense. But, yeah, you kind of want to see Emerson's doing a bit Get more. A bit more maybe. Although they have sunk a lot of money into the Emerson's brew pub uh, bar, sort of, yeah, splashing their money around everywhere. Tough market to crack, Keen to see how it goes as well, yeah. 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 I mean, there's not we've spoken in the past about Australian beer and – New Zealand, and there's not much. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Uh, I visited two new places in the in the west of Ooh. Melbourne this week. Did we talk about one of them last week, last time? I can't remember. Blake, did you listen to the last show? I did listen to the last did show. Did we talk about Mr. West? N- no, you didn't. No, okay, I good. Been there yet. <laughs> I don't think you yeah. did, yeah. Okay, good. Um, this is how, how 
Might be write things down. <laughs> <laughs> we so it's a new venue in Footscray, right in the heart of Footscray, uh, where I live. And there's another one in Seddon, which is kind of a sorry Spotswood near Two Birds. Footscray. How long has it been open? Uh, opened last week. Oh wow, yeah. so it's very fresh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So they they opened with Canteon Fufone on tap. So some pretty serious lambic on tap. They've got espresso martini on tap. It's made with praline from La Sirene. So they're uh, coming out of the gates pretty hard. But they're pretty like lofty um, ambitions for the venue, though, right? Yeah. So it's going to be a. It's currently just a pub at the top or a bar at the top, and then there's going to be a bottle shop. Oh, eventually. okay. Uh, it's right in the heart of Footscray, which is an interesting area in terms mm. of. Uh, oh, it's a bit rough, but dodgy. And then the when. Like there's, I guess after five o'clock, everything closes and there's nothing there. Ghost town. Yeah, it's. Um, I think someone was pepper sprayed outside the the bar, unrelated to the That's bar the other day. Fun. Yeah, so that'll give you an insight into how interesting it's colourful around there. Yeah, it's sounds my, it. My neighbourhood. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have any outside like signage, seating, anything like that? So they've got because uh, it's upstairs the bar. The they've got like a little courtyard up the top. Yeah, it's a rooftop. What do you call that? Terrace. Terrace, yeah. But they're yeah. going to have the ground floor as well, right? Yeah, but I think that's just going to be a bottle that's shop. purely yeah. retail. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, really nice fit out. Look cool. A uh, couple of, I guess, experienced brewers. Uh, sorry, not brewers. Uh, industry types involved. Someone yeah. that worked for Custard & Co. And the other one for Feral. Um, so they know what they're doing. Yeah, that's pretty good uh, heritage. Um, the other one near Two Birds in Spotswood called Hudson's Wine and Beer, which is kind of a bottle shop bar situation. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, and I guess it's good to have something near Two Birds because there's nothing else open. Well, they're drawing a lot of people out there, but it's th- they've got weed hours, don't they? Two Birds? Two Birds, yeah. Yeah, weekends is good. It's good. Yeah, weekends are great. Yeah. 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 What's it like in comparison to like the slow beer model? Um, probably yeah. a little bit more wine bar Yeah, okay. Uh, kind of half and half. Like I think they've got 200 wines and 200 beers, kind of equal parts. Okay, fair enough. Uh, two taps, which I think stock aid kind of paid for and helped them install. Uh, but I think they'll eventually start rotating or, or one of them will. Ah, yeah. But they had the Mountie on tap, the 12% Imperial yeah. that's, Stout. That's so ambitious for a new venue. And yeah, a, yeah. yeah strong one to open with. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. <laughs> um, doing cheese plates. and. Although I guess it's an easy sell if you're talking about pancakes and maple syrup or whatever. Then mm. Yeah. They're probably keen to try. Well, they're doing – it's a little deli as well. So they're doing – you can get a cheese plate. So oh, cheese plate and Imperial Stout. Uh, matching yeah. it, yeah. Um, yeah. Hobo Brewing. Did you guys see Hobo Brewing open up? No. not Did not see Hobo so Brewing. It's uh, Adelaide Venture and I saw some really positive PR from, you know, people going to the launch. Yeah. And then uh, I saw the actual media release and it was a bit of a train wreck. Uh, it's a, another Why? drinks company, VOK Brands. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think I did read this actually. And yeah. they're, they're doing a, it's a beer for the modern man. For the smart modern man, it's beer for him. Like um, that, target, that, that market hasn't been targeted before. Yeah, hey? yeah. <laughs> um, and they've got a session ale, which is, just seems like a, a middle-of-the-road wheat beer, a pale and then a mid-strength or something. So three kind of um, similar of beers. Beer. And when you look at it closer, it all looks generic. The press release looks really generic. Uh, I was kind of disappointed because there were some people that I would expect to, you know, give some critical, pass a critical eye over it that were at the launch and they had nothing – positive things to say so maybe the beer was good but it looked pretty uh manufactured yeah there's also another hobo brewing in the uk oh is there whose branding looks very just similar google it. yeah Come yeah on. if you google it the UK. Yeah. as if you wouldn't nowadays like yeah. it's so much easier to check oh am i stealing the name of somewhere across the pond or anything like yeah, that yeah yeah so the ho- other one in the uk doesn't look great either but they both use the hobo you know the hobo code the hobo little that scratch things into fence posts oh, oh right yeah. okay yeah, yeah. So they're using that symbol, like a different one for each beer. And the UK one does it as well. But someone pointed out the UK one on their cider uses the code Dirty Water. Oh. So if you know the hobo code, you're going to pick up that and be like, oh, I don't want to drink that cider. <laughs> yeah. See how it goes, I guess. Yeah. Maybe the beer is really good. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, WA Beer Week registrations are open. Uh, it's happening 17th to the 26th of November. When do the uh, submissions have to be in? Soon. I didn't yeah, actually look okay. at that. I was happy that I wrote down that date okay. and then you, you followed up with that. Thanks, All Dave. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to get over there for that. It's something I haven't when ever been to. When was it again, to. sorry? 17th to the 26th of November. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. Maybe you could uh, get on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a lot of free time now, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also a new uh, Perth 
or, or WA Beer Podcast starting soon. Uh, our friend Pia Poynton, who's she been on the show before? She hasn't, has she? Uh, has she been on one of the Gabs shows? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe not. Uh, Girl Plus Beer is her sort of beer moniker and she also works More for... prolifically for Crafty Pint WA yeah. recently. Um, and works for Nail as well. Uh, so, yeah, check out that one. I think she said any any week now she's going to launch the first episode. So Cool. Uh, it'll be good. good. Yeah. Also, uh, a story that came out a while ago and I never mentioned, uh, Chinese Steel... And could be hunting. Did you read that one, Dave? No, I didn't. So it's an article about dodgy Chinese steel and, and how a lot of brewers are getting their um, breweries manufactured in China, and then they're not really being sold what they're promised. Oh, really? And there's, uh, I think brewers or, or people are walking around trade shows now with magnets to like uh, something magnetized that shouldn't be, or vice versa. I huh. couldn't really understand it, but it's pretty handy little shortcut. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like people. Are so getting, what's happening to these kids? So people are getting tanks and they're getting things that like they look like they're aluminium, but then it will start chipping off and oh. there'll be something underneath oh, wow. there or stainless steel, sorry. And uh, one person was told their brewery ended up at the bottom of the ocean uh, after oh, a boating accident or it fell actually. off a thing, and it sounds like a load just seems like a real dodgy. Yeah, right. Forget Atlantis, hey? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I spoke to a few people a while ago about getting stuff made in China, and the consensus was if you're willing to go over there and climb in every tank and like whack every tank, then. It'll be okay, yeah, but right. unless you're not, you know, saving a few thousand dollars now might not be the best thing. It's not really the kind of thing you want to cut corners with when it comes to buying large vats and everything. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. I think it's buyer beware, but check it out if you haven't read it. And but if it's you- also like such a hinge for brands that want to uh, start producing their own beer because it's such a huge capital investment that people might just go with a cheap option to get some of their own stainless steel. Yeah. Gee, what a hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to Cornell from Shambles Brewery up, up here actually in the spot and he got a homebrew kit made in China, like a really nice homebrew kit. And he's like, you know, when I came to do my, my obviously commercial brewery, I thought I know China and I could do it there, but I know China and I don't want to do it there because okay. it's other people's money that I'm spending as well as my own now and, you know, the risks that come with that, um, you know, if it's just a homebrew setup, it's fine, but... So, uh, yeah, check out the article if you, you are buying tanks at any point because it's a good read. Uh, good Beer Hunting, I think it's Google. Good Beer Hunting, China, Steel. I've stopped doing show notes. And Have no you? Com- Has there been outrage? No, no one's complained. No one's so um, <laughs> I it just took so, so long and it was just kind of annoying, so I stopped doing it and no one said anything. What about if we tweet certain things? Yeah. Look it up. You know how to Google yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and chat to Blake about Easy. Uh, cool. beer. Sounds good. Welcome back. Now we've just got a beer. Blake, I believe you made this beer. Yes, yes, Tell I did. Tell us all about it. I did. Uh, we've got ourselves a black IPA here, a particular favourite type of beer of, uh, of mine. Um, uh, it's for, it's part of uh, the show that I'm doing during the Fringe Festival, um, Brew Thoughts, Consummate Professional. So this one is the third beer of the evening, Contradiction Black IPA. Um, so there's three beers throughout the three show. Beer, three beers throughout the show. Yeah. So I thought I'd give you the one that I'm the most proud of. Um, probably the the fuller fuller body beer of the show. Uh, so this is the middle range one, middle of the show one that we're going with here. And um, yeah, I'm 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 not. I don't really get particularly nervous when it comes to talking in front of people or getting up on stage. But the idea of having people taste my beers is more nerve wracking. Yeah. Right. You so know? you you you've decided that you're not nervous enough. No, yeah, I feel, I feel like down. public speaking and also putting a passion project out there is, you know, just double it up. Yeah, eh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can deal with that without any problems, you can deal with anything. Well, yeah, I like to think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're... This is the second time you've done a beer and comedy show. Yeah, so this is the second time I've done Brewed Thoughts. Um, obviously, with the, the moniker of consummate professional this time because I wanted to make uh, make the show a little bit better and, and tighter and hopefully get some more people along. Um, did bigger batches this time, so there is plenty of beer for, be able to, for people to be able to have when they come along. Um, but last time I did very different beers, different material and things like that. And so this time... Um, 
try some brewed up something different and wrote some different stuff. There wasn't it was 2015 was the last show. So I had a year off to sort of nail down some different recipes and yeah, going for it again. Hmm. Yeah. How did you get into comedy first? How did I get into comedy? Yeah. Uh, probably similar to a lot of people, I think. Um, uh, university Comedy Review. Um, I was at Deakin Uni studying film. Um, and, yeah, just sort of got roped into um, doing an audition for the uh, the comedy review there. And then we just sketch comedy, got into doing that and... Six years of the comedy festival with a group, and then, um, yeah, Fringe Festival, the last Fringe Festival with a beer. That was the first time I've done a solo show. Um, and yeah, this will be my second solo show going into it. Cool. What yeah. sort of like access, um, and exposure do you get at Deakin doing that sort of stuff? Not a lot because, right. uh, <laughs> you, you probably don't know who I was before tonight, right. so uh, <laughs> no, 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 Deakin was great, Deakin was great, a lot, a lot of good people there to sort of go through it all um, and, to, and to work with and everything like that. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely more driven by ours as opposed to the university, I'd say. Yeah. Do you do regular open mic nights or anything like that? Um, I, not not so much. I'm more of a – I like long form. So I, I like to – when I go to write my material and everything, I'm more of – I like to have – an arc going on and more of an hour structure as opposed to trying to do a tight five or anything like that. But the benefit of the way that I sort of write it with regards to each section of the, the, the show relates to the beer that we're having as we're going. So all the sections can sort of be used as short little um, segments for, 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 for open mics and things like that, which is good because it's better than writing things and just letting it go by the wayside or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So then how did you come to the decision to combine beer and comedy? Ah, now that's a very good question. So I um, was living in London for a little while and that's where I got into uh, doing beer and everything to begin with. And I'd sort of given up on doing comedy. I was sort of giving it a break and then building up on the passion of beer, it sort of just became a... I don't know, it was the whole idea of doing a tasting and having all the material tying to what you're drinking for me seems like an appealing idea. And I just started working at the brewery, you brew it, and I'd been, well, not start, I'd been there for 12 months, but <laughs> I'd been there for a bit and just thought, well, I've got these beers that I make up for myself, just custom custom recipes. And I thought, it'd be good to combine the two two passions and sort of double up on it. So how did the first run go? Uh, it actually went surprisingly well, to be honest. Um, I, I was a bit nervous because um, obviously f- some guys coming out there and going, I assure you these beers will be okay um, and we'll, we'll talk about it as we go. But no, no one, but they're just sort of custom-made beers and um, it was that was very, very nerve-wracking. But we, we sold down most nights and, yeah, everything went, went really smoothly with regards to it. So, well, obviously it must have gone well because I'm doing it again. Yeah. So that's the way that I see it or else if it would have gone poorly, I'd probably be steering very clear from the scene. <laughs> um, and I, I think what's great is with something like the Melbourne Fringe Fest, it's it's kind of like an alternative type festival mm. where you can try something different like combining comedy and beer whereas if you go to do the Melbourne International Comedy Festival it's you know you rock up with you know, a couple of hundred liters of beer it's like well hang on let's ease up there so it's definitely <laughs> a lot easier to try it with fringe so that was what sort of got me into wanting to do it definitely why is black IPA the style that you what do you like about them black IPA is my favorite type of beer um I I think it's best of both worlds. I think you get a lot of the roast barley, you know, aromas as and the, the, the a fan of the big bold color and everything like that, as well as that hoppy nature. I really like hoppy beers. Hmm. Um, and my absolute favorite beer in the world is a black IPA. So what's that? Is it going? Uh, okay, so my uh, Beaver Town Brewery in over in the UK, their their Black Betty is. I I just think that is. Just one of the rippers. Yeah, is that one you got a taste rippers. for when you're over there? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's what I'm sort of having a crack at trying to replicate here is that that flavor that I re- really, really fell in love with. And it, it was the I do romanticize it a little, I guess. It was the sort of the beer that I was drinking a lot of when I was getting into brewing and everything like that. So it's um yeah, definitely has a a, a nice spot in the heart that one. How long ago were you in the UK? Uh, it was about six years ago. So, yeah, I worked in a little pub called The Queen's Head. I don't know if you get many listeners out in the UK or anything oh, like that. I've got a couple, couple actually. Yeah. Give a plug. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, Queen's Head on Acton Street in King's Cross. Um, 
it, when I was there, it was cider cider pub of the year or something Ooh, like that. All right. Who, yeah. vote, who votes that? Was it a camera uh, thing? Or it was, was a camera thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We'd always get the camera guys coming along right. and testing their beers and writing out their marks in the book. Just, and just ticking through. Yeah, as they yeah, do. that's it. That's it. But when I, whilst I was there working there, um, I think there was a massive boom where every pub was trying to start up a brew pub over in London. So I sort of helped, was helping setting it up and not when I say helping, I was doing a lot of cleaning, I think of, uh, that was sort of my job was just take (laughs) the equipment and sterilize it and everything like that. But even then that made me want to do it. So it wasn't too bad, I guess. Is that when you started homebrewing? Yeah. I'd, I'd done it. I had done it a few times, um, through uni, but you know, when you're in your early twenties, it's, came out as you would have expected um quantity right yeah yeah exactly you're more about just getting as much sugar into it as you can but uh that was the first time i'd sort of really um more developing palate and things like that what's the homebrewing scene like in england it's actually really really good um yeah there's a lot of uh different options and things like that they've got a lot of like subscription type thing deals where you can, you know, become a member through uh, uh, these little small brewery setups and you get full access to your own little brewing kettle. You're only doing like 30 litre batches and things like that, but you just get in they give you full open range to your recipes and things and you get your own little kettle for however long it takes till it ferments and things oh, like so that. So you do it more like on site with yeah, someone Yeah, yeah, you do it on site. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, okay. I, that, it's not something that's really picked up a lot in Australia, but it's it's pretty cool over in, over in the UK. Is that because sure. of space, do you think? Space, if you live in probably London, also probably, restrictions, yeah. taxes over here and the way yeah, alcohol's, right. you know, held in such high regard in Australia, it's kept to, on a very short leash. So they're a little bit more lenient over there, I think. Yeah. Uh, so how did you approach this, this Black IPA then? What's your starting point for a beer? Well, I mean, I think probably when you're trying to replicate something, um, it was a lot of drinking uh, beforehand right. <laughs> um, but no I, I wanted to make something that was because from my work a big part of where I'm at the moment is um, getting people in and teaching them about making beers with our equipment and everything and I a big what I enjoyed most was introducing new types of beer to people and I find that with a black IPA it's the one type most of the time that I go oh, yeah I really like a black IPA and people will just look at you blankly like I don't really know what a black IPA, I know an IPA and I've had a stout before. And you're like, well, it's not that simple. It's, you know, there's, there's a bit more nuance to it. And I love <laughs> sharing that with, with everyone. That, that's what I like. I like people going out of their comfort zones and trying something different. So. Certainly one that um, whatever people's perception of the look of it, it changes when they taste it as oh, well. Oh, definitely, so, yeah. definitely. People are always, always like, oh, no, I don't like dark beers. I don't like dark beers. And I'm always like, have you had every different type of dark yeah. beer in the world? <laughs> you know, it's like, let's, uh, the hyperbole there is a little bit, over, over a little bit too much, I'd say. What are people expecting? Or what are what are people going to get when they come along to your show? Well, apart from an air of absolute professionalism, good. Um, <laughs> um, well, it's in the title, so I'd be just yeah. Well, out. you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess, on the night because I drink the beers along with you as we're doing the show. So you know, it's a one-hour show, three beers, pretty good value for time and everything like that. How much money? Well, we're looking at forty bucks for full 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 price tickets. That gives you gets you into the seat and and um and three beers in front of you and and me just waffling on as we go. Uh, there are designated driver ticket options as well. So if you if you you know are going along with someone, and you're not really a beer drinker or anything like that. I have that that option is there. I was sort of told to do that one because my mum's a big Chardonnay drinker, and I my sisters wanted to make sure she was able to come. So I wasn't going to force her to drink beer. Don't or rip off your like mum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, oh no, full price ticket for her. So, so yeah, no. Having a designated driver ticket, I think, was important because, and also as well, some people might want to split their bottles and everything like that. So um, yeah, we're out at uh, Mr Griffiths in uh, in Kensington. If you guys checked out the the pub there, I right? haven't. What's the venue like? It's actually really really good. They've got a great beer selection there, and the bottled beers and everything like that are actually on point so yeah i'm very very happy to have gotten into there because finding a venue that allows you to bring three beers in is very very tricky and they've got a big upstairs room are you yeah up that's where we are that's yeah, where cool. we'll be that's where we'll be upstairs so that used to be a few different places i used to live just down the road from there um it was always kind of a cool place but it never really worked for what was in there so it's good to see that they're making a go of it yeah now it's like they've they've got Really good food options and things like that. So it was, um, yeah, great staff, obviously, to let us get in there and get some booze going. So they do, uh, I think, fairly traditional poutine. 
the Canadian. They do. Poutine. They do several. Yeah. That's what they. Huh. I think the burgers and poutine is yeah. sort of what their go-to movies. Yeah. yeah. Hard to find traditional poutine. I might have to. Sorry. It's hard to find traditional. Yeah, poutine. yeah. I think I think they're one of the few. I, I'm yet to be there. Uh, yet to go there. Sorry. Uh, I really like to. Well, you'll have to come check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm when I'm away for it though. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's in. Well, oh, Jesus, I look at the date there and I have a mild panic attack. Uh, no, it's only in about two weeks. So, yeah. where are you off to? I'm off to Italy. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll that should be almost as good, I reckon, as going along to the show. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. I did say to to Emma, like, maybe we should cancel the trip. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but you already had the flights there, booked. Yeah, just yeah, a few yeah. little things. I mean, there's a train station as well that goes into Kensington, so I probably won't take you as long to get there as it will take you to get to Italy. No, so. that's a good point, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Footscray. I can probably yeah. walk. Oh wow, yeah, to, it's yeah, super yeah. convenient for you. Um, <laughs> I'll hold on to some beers for you, then okay. so you can try the other ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I I, I like that marriage because for, for me, a big thing about drinking culture and the, having interesting beers and everything like that is the stories that go, you know, when you've had a few and you're talking along and the way you exaggerate and things like that. And I think that's a big part of drinking that it's not about just drinking as much as you can. I think it's about, you know, being a good social lubricant for great stories. Mm. Mm. I would be terrified of needing to go to the toilet. Is there an intermission? Uh, well, it's only an hour. There isn't okay. an intermission, so it is. It, unfortunately, it is a bit of a are, are you strong do, cause, bladder type cause move. Some comedians will, will like if you stand up, they're gonna you know have a go. Crowd work time. It, yeah, yeah. It was a concern the first time I did it. I, I was thinking to myself, like, you're gonna be alright. You're gonna be alright. But um, you just pregame it. You know, you okay. just try and dehydrate yourself beforehand. Okay. <laughs> so there's no skerrick of liquid in me to be That's too. That's a different uh, kind of pregame that we're familiar with. Yeah, exactly, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? Because uh, yeah, you obviously can't have too much. Well, that's the thing. You get a bit. You get a bit of nerves before you go up on stage, as you do. So you think, oh, I'll have a beer, a bit of Dutch courage. But the thing about my show is that I'm gaining the Dutch courage as the show goes on. So it, yeah, the nerves are there at the beginning, but by the end, I'm pretty loose. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be an interesting one, I think. Going into it the first time, I'm sure you had a. A picture in your mind of how it would work out. How was it different to that? Well, I thought that um, there'd be because I I made some pretty hefty beers last time. Um, I, last time I did a, a just a norm, just a basic lager. I uh, went with a strong IPA, and then I finished it off with a mocha stout, which is like a, a yeah an espresso stout with a bit of chocolate malts and stuff to give it that sweetness. And I thought. The, I li- like I said earlier, I, I like a strong hoppy beer, so I thought the IPA might scare people and then bring out the, the, the espresso stout, which, again, might also keep people a bit worried. But when you're drinking it with them and you're describing the taste, it, what I was surprised is by was a lot more people are more adventurous in the in that setting, I think, to, to try something a bit different. So a lot more beers got drunk than I actually – because that was a big concern. I thought I'd finish up and have – Slabs upon slabs of beers <laughs> left over, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't. So, yeah, I, I guess everyone's doing the same thing. They're probably more inclined. Yeah, to yeah, exactly, well. exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, I explain what's what's gone into the beer. I go through the ingredients as we're drinking it along, and everything like that. And then it starts to go more into life and stuff as as we're going. So it should be should be interesting. What was the crowd? What's kind of a crowd come along? And, and were they beer geeks? Were they comedy geeks? Uh, or? A bit of both, I guess. I mean, that's the nature of the show. You're, you're sort of catering to both. But I find that there is a very big overlap when it comes to comedy geeks and beard uh, beer geeks and um, beard geeks. And yeah, beard geeks yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it seems to be when you look out into the audience, you can tell who a, who a beer drinker is um, when you're out there. So uh, no, no, I, I, it seems to be a pretty even spread. Last time I had people who were down for. You know, from Queensland, who just had randomly popped along because they were in for um, the rugby or something like that, and they sort of just popped by and something then something to do, and they yeah, exactly, you up. That's yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah. And then you get other people who are like, "Well, you know, I've drunk every single type of beer that's ever come into this place, so I need to make sure yours is all right." And uh, yeah, different crowds, I guess. Yeah, it's good, good. It's a good hook for people if yeah, you know, if you're looking for something to do. For the French festivals, you know, a lot of people go into festivals and they're like, "What am I going to do?" And oh, beer and comedy. Well, that's that's what I that's what I was thinking when I was coming up with the whole whole idea. And now doing it a second time, I feel like I own this market now of beer comedy. Uh, uh, so if ri- anybody else does it, you've got uh, a rival. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the I can't uh, remember his name. <laughs> oh, that's a good sign. Uh, <laughs> uh, J- Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Jackson beer something? makes beer beer makes me funny. 
There's okay. a, com- a comedy show for the Melbourne Comedy Festival last year. Last year? Uh, yes. Yeah. There Where it was go. like a, a brewery tour and then comedy at the Maybe end. Maybe he saw yeah. my uh, my first show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it was a hell gig. It was not ideal. Yeah. Oh, he, really? He, well, he had to kind of... <laughs> Nothing to do with him at all. No, he, he was, he was good at it. ideal situation, though. Uh, Doing a tour beforehand a bit. It was like a, a how many venues was it? Three, I think. Three venue tour. And then was it the last one? I can't yeah. remember. And then the last... Oh, oh right. you were yeah, sorry. I'm having a, my PR person's <laughs> pointing me out to me as I'm sitting here and you're explaining okay. it. I was actually meant to be in that. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, was Jackson. I can't remember his surname. Uh, Bo Stegman did 10 yeah. or 15 minutes. He was very good. Can't why, remember. Why, why didn't you end up in it? Is there a story uh, there? Or just no, 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 no story there. I think it, when it was going about, I was trying to do another show of this. Um, and as difficult as it has been to find a venue that will allow me to bring beers during Fringe, it's even more difficult when it comes to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, they don't like that, you know, encroaching in on their sales. So uh, it's yeah. good to find a venue that's open Oh, because they have beer sponsors, don't they? Of yeah, 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 yeah. And even then, just the venue itself as well is always like, well, hang on. Um, but, you know, that's why you've got to find somewhere good that's open to the idea, you know. And that's where Mr. Griffiths has been really good for us. But they do like masterclasses and things like that, so they get a lot of different types. And that's the beauty of, yeah, finding somewhere that's appropriate, I guess. Yeah. They yeah. do uh, blind tastings as well. Do they? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty handy. Hmm. How do you go about writing 20-odd minutes about a beer or around a beer? Well, I mean, when you're, when you're going about, I find uh, this is going to get really arty here, so so I don't know how arty. I've listened to a couple episodes, but I don't know how go arty on, you usually just, get. Just go deep. I'm, I'm sure we've talked about art exhibitions. Uh, okay, good, good. I'll, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go the way that I interpret it. See, the way that I see beer when it comes to making beer and everything like that, you are almost telling a story with regards to the flavour. You know, you're combining flavor, aroma, all that sort of ABV, all that sort of stuff to get a well, good balance and everything like that. So when it comes into drinking like an IPA or something like that, is it's not just the beer that's there; it's what it entails. So a, an IPA is very bitter and everything like that. So your you, your subject matter might start to get a little bit darker or things like that. So that's sort of the idea of what will happen: is the the beer will flavors will sort of match up with. The idea of what's going on. At least that's what I have in my head. Whereas when, you know, on the night, it's probably just, could just be me waffling on as we drink, you know, beers after beers. How do you work out the material? I've literally just gotten back from a weekend away of uh, testing all my my material and everything like that. Uh, for me, the way I come up with material is just jotting down ideas and then... Um, the director of the show I've worked with on many shows before, uh, Andrew Belson, the way that I work with him is I'll just throw conscious thought at him until I wait for something to stick because I wait for the reaction, you know, the little giggle or something like that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's something to work with. And then you just build upon that and everything, yeah. So you don't exercise it in front of a crowd at all? It's not something because I have that film background, so it's a lot more about scripting and everything like that. So it's yeah, I that doesn't bother me. No, I'm not I'm not one who needs to sort of practice ahead in front of people or anything like that. You know, I'm quite comfortable when it comes to talking to a crowd, talking to three people. Like if I'm if I'm running stuff in front of three people, that is a nightmare. That <laughs> is that's when the flop sweat kicks in. That's when the nerves kick in. But if it's a room of like forty odd, I can handle that. Um, doing. Comedy at university, would that be a lot of improv as well? So does that come into it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's one thing that drives my director mad is that I tend to go, I, I'll, I'll like go, okay, this is what I have in mind. I'm going to just do a bit of improv or something. I'm, I might just do that. And he's like, no, 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 you should write that out. You should plan it. I'm like, no, 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 it'll be right. It'll be right. I don't like to hold myself. I don't like to be restricted. So I figure improv's great because if you've got an idea on the spot, might as well give it a go. So how much improv has been left in then? Probably, I mean, at this point, because I haven't, obviously the, sh- the series hasn't, you know, the show run hasn't begun or anything like that. I'm very much, oh, no, I'll stick to the script. I'll stick to the script. But, you know, I think the way everybody notices how current uh, news and affairs and everything going like that, sometimes it's too difficult not to mention something that's happened earlier in the day or anything like that. So you've always got to be open to throw something out there that, you know, might catch 
and uh, people might grab onto. If nuclear war starts that morning, you probably want to mention it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, whilst I was away, uh, they did the the test, obviously, um, uh, there. And I the first thought that sort of, I mean, after, like, please, please, I hope we're okay. Um, it was more of a... If you're a oh. comedian, it was the first thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if I should really keep <laughs> focusing on this uh, comedy or if I should, you know, take up stocks in bunker shit, you know. <laughs> so you'll have a few... Kim Jong Un zingers, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't like. To, I don't get too political, but uh, you know, I think it's too much, too difficult not to at the moment. It just seems to be ever present everywhere, which is a good thing, I guess. Before coming here, and I went to look through the beer news, and I was like, "What's, what's been happening in the world of beer?" I was like, oh, I, "I don't even know." Yeah, I feel like everything's just focused on hydrogen bombs, hydrogen bombs, and like global warming. What's the and radius, the, yeah, the looming tragedy of. Modern world. Well, good, good um, easy reading before the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good light uh, material to base a comedy show. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, that might come out when the black IPA is yeah. there. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are the other beers? Uh, opening up with a pale ale. Um, I know that's obviously not mind blowing, but for me, I think a, a good consistent pale ale is really important. Uh, most places that I drink, I will always start off with their pale ale. Uh, so that's that's where we're sort of going with to begin with. The inoffensive pale ale, it's called. We've got some homebrew listeners. Deep dive on the pale ale. Go oh, on, yeah, excellent. Go on, tell us the hop profile. Uh, so um, it, it's, it's, we start off, it's brewed with Cascade um, to give it a, a really strong bite to it. Um, but I dry hopped with Galaxy and Citra just to make it easier on the palate. So when you do go to drink it, it's, it's still full body to first, but I think because of that whole fruity florally hit on the back end it, it makes it go easier on the on the palate that one for sure um so that's the opener a good easy one to sort of open with it, it, i didn't want to be go right out the gate uh but then we ramp it right up and we go with the black ipa that you guys are drinking here which i hope you're enjoying yeah definitely um what are the um hops in the black ipa though? uh this one we're going with northern brewer um, and then we've got a bit of amarillo in there as well um and then again um quite a lot of citra for, for dry hopping for this one as well, um, just to balance with the, the roast barley because that was the one thing I found. Cause this, this is, I've made this several times now, but I found um, without having that really strong fruity dry hop, it, the roast barley almost overtook the, the flavours and everything. So um, I, I've, uh, that, that's sort of on the back end with that one to sort of make it a bit easier there too. And then the last one is completely different. Um, probably the one that I was the most nervous about making because it is so dramatically different. I, again, like I said, I stick to my hoppy beers and everything, but I've done honey brown ale to, to close out the night with. So um, that one smells really nice, good honey and, and good, easy, good easy on the palate, that one. What does the future look like uh, for beer and comedy for you now that you're no longer working at <laughs> Uberit? <laughs> uh, that is – oh, mate, I only found out about four days ago all this. So, uh, so, so I guess that was a question I was going to ask anyway in terms of, you know, is it something you're going to do again? I'd love to. I'd yep. love to. It definitely um, – when I was the manager at Uberit during this whole period, so it was a lot easier to be able to get in there and just brew up my own beers. Now, um, if I want to do it again, it'll come down to – where I can get in that'll let me make up beers for jokes. So, you know, that I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Uh, if anyone's listening that wants yeah. to collaborate on beers and jokes. Well, you can hit up one of the many beers for jokes establishments around <laughs> the if anyone wants, If anyone's listening and wants to offer a, a job as well, uh, <laughs> I do come with my beard already grown. So I feel like I should be able to slip That's in easily. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I'd love to do it again. Love, love, and I, you know, we'll see how this run goes. And then, um, yeah, go from there, I guess. Cool. Any more questions from you, Dave? Maybe it's the final rundown of the details of the Yeah, universe. I've yeah. written them down because, uh, you know, I'll make sure I get it right. But uh, this Melbourne Fringe Festival, we'll be doing Brood Thought Consummate Professional at uh, Mr. Griffiths uh, in Kensington, really close to the station. So it's super easy for people to be able to come in and uh, see the show and have a few beers and get home. Uh, and, yeah, super soon. So with September 14th, 15th, 16th, then 22nd, 23rd, 
And then the last week's 28-29, so almost going to be on during the entire run uh, with a 7.30 p.m. start. So come along. You, you don't need to pre-game or anything like that. that I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be doing that. Got but, um, sorted. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be sorted. And then after afterwards, we'll have some tasty beers at Mr. Griffiths. They'll they'll have some good good ones on tap for us, I think. Sounds pretty good. Where do we find tickets? Did you say uh, yeah, through the through the Fringe Festival cool. website would be the best way to go about getting your tickets. Um, so all the details will be there about what's available and everything like that. Awesome. Hope everyone gets along. Let's take a short break and we'll come back and uh, we'll do some recommendations. Right. Yeah. Cool. Welcome back. Uh, let's do some recommendations. Sure. So start Where do off, we start? We'll start off with beer and then we'll finish off with beer. No yeah. worries. Do you want uh, to begin or do you want yeah, to you throw begin. it to our guest? Yeah, throw it to our guest. All right. Me? Okay, open up. Yeah. Uh, Better be a good one. Oh, well, it was a meaty beer, I'll tell you that. Last week, I, for the first time, had uh, Devil Dancer by Founders Brewery um, with a couple of couple of mates at the, the, the brewery there. And a 12% triple IPA, so <laughs> definitely one that I do recommend to split mm. um, with someone. But Why do you well, say at the brewery? Oh, just at work, you know. Oh, okay, we, yeah. We, oh, sorry, know, sorry. I think you mean yeah. at the yeah, 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 yeah. Since I found out the nature of what's going on, you know, having a cheeky beer with some, <laughs> some mates during the quiet time at lunch was uh, was much needed. But um, yeah, a really, really full on triple IPA. It's yeah, very memorable, but very difficult to get through an entire glass. But just to see the flavour is sure. stunning, yeah. Split it up, everyone has a taste. Well, that's mm, it. No that's worries. it. I'm a big fan of Founders, so, um, yeah, go, thought I'd give that a go. Nice. Recommend. Nice. I haven't seen it, actually, so I'll keep an eye out for yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. See if I can uh, nab one. Hmm. Luke? I don't know if we've done this one before, but I, I drank it on the weekend. It wouldn't be the first time we've doubled up, yeah. Yeah. Um, Feral Warhog. Definitely have. Warhog. Warhog. On, yeah. Yeah, I um, had it on tap. Ages ago, never liked it on tap. Like whenever it came out on yeah, tap. Yeah, I reckon like a, a three or four Tusk days ago, I reckon yeah, we had it yeah. on tap and we were a bit there. Yeah. It's never been a fan of it. And now the cans, so they just, good. yeah, they're yeah, finding really? their way yeah. into our fridge pretty frequently. And I was in Shepparton over the weekend, um, Shep presenting. And fortunately, Dan Murphy's had cans and they fortunately they, they put a best before date on their cans. And that was two months old, which is, I'm happy with that. That's, that's in the zone. Shepparton, and they tasted great. Uh, is yeah. a good beer. Yeah, I think it could be Australia's best IPA. Wow, pound for uh, pound, big claim. Yeah, I can probably understand that. Mm. Uh, Maybe uh, like over five point eight percent. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. So, yeah, I live really close to the local tap house in St Kilda, and every time they've had that, like they've, they've had it on tap there before, it mm. runs out very, very. Yeah, yeah. I can understand it's, that. It's yeah. just so good. Yeah, yeah. really good. Miss and you get those four get packs of Warhog at Dan Murphy's around the around the grounds as well. So yeah, and it's not. A, it's not. A, Super expensive, no. and I think it's seven and a half percent. So I think yeah, there's value yeah. there for that. Uh, relatively, I think seven and a half percent. Yeah, that's not bad. Probably, what, it, what is it? Twenty bucks a four pack or twenty two bucks? Yeah, that's, that's really yeah. good value. That's really. We good. got six pack of Pirate Life Throwback and yeah. a four pack of that, and it was forty bucks. So yeah, so twenty twenty each. Yeah. I guess that evens out too. Yeah, Dan so Murphy's Shepparton. Tell you what, check out the best before dates. Yeah, yeah, you make some yeah, wise purchases. Do need to be careful with that, definitely, especially in Shepparton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with 2017 Wild Red from Holgate. Okay, Re- like really young at the moment and tastes young, but uh, most places you're gonna see it are gonna be in bottles. So pick one up. You had it on tap. It. I had it on tap, young, and it tasted young, but mm. um, very promising though. A little bit of bottle conditioning, it might be. Yeah, quite possibly, but I think that was one of the surprise hits of 2016. Oh, really? The mm. first vintage of that was like a real. I don't think I tried it. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, really I don't think I've had that one either. Yeah. I think it might have been the Crafty Pint winner of the Beer of the Year or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing. Or that. very close to it anyway, but mm. um, definitely worth picking up and holding on to for a little while. Second time they've popped up recently, Old Holgate. And our recommendations, I think. Has it? Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I had a They're kicking goals. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. They're quite I, consistent, I think. It's probably I mentioned yeah. to thing. Luke on Saturday night, I was at Carwin Cellars and they had a Holgate tap takeover. So they had maybe 17 taps of Holgate on mm. and um, some beers I'd never heard of before. Uh, but the Brett Sour is stunningly good. That's one of the best beers in the country at the moment, I think. Mm. Um, but just everything tasting really good. Awesome. Yeah. Let's do some non beer. Easy. What do you got um, for us, Blake? Non-beer, non-beer. Well, uh, I went out and saw a gig 
about a week and a half ago, um, a band called The Obolters, and they've just released a new single on Spotify, and I've been listening to that a how, lot. How is that spelled? Uh, the O-H apostrophe B-A-L-T-E-R-S. I think they're from uh, out in Adelaide originally, but um, they've set up in Melbourne a lot and seen them a few times, and they've been really good on Spotify, that's for sure. Maniacs, their single. What style? Very folksy, I'd say. So cool. very approachable, I think. Um, and quite a good listen. Yeah, quite a good listen. Awesome. I, I don't get out to gigs often, so when I do, I feel like it's... Yeah, it's actually you know, almost made me want to change my recommendation, I think. So maybe really? you do yours next. I think. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. I really want to know what got cut now. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a podcast that I've been listening to, and it's probably one for people that might ever want to do podcasting or uh, people that are interested in interviewing people. Uh, it's called The Turnaround by Jesse Thorne, uh, and it's a podcast about interviewing. There is a technique to it, isn't there? Definitely. And so he's um, – I've listened to one of his podcasts for years, which is kind of a, a comedy slash um, casual chat podcast. But he does a couple of other NPR shows. He's got an NPR show. And but this is um, – he talks to some really serious people about interviewing. So he's got – the one I just listened to was Katie Couric. Um, Who's done? She did a few the, presidents. Yeah, 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 yeah. She did the Sarah Palin ones when Sarah Palin said, "I can see Russia from my house." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, he, uh, Louis Theroux, um, iconic. I think you said Charlie Rose. Uh, I don't think Charlie Rose. Oh, well, he's the one that you should um, look yeah. at anyway. Yeah, Jerry Springer. Uh, I haven't listened to that one yet. Um, Larry King. That was awesome. I don't know really. much about Larry King other than he's a a person you should know about. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I love Larry King now. He's awesome. Interviewing uh, is like there is a major art and technique yeah, to it. Yeah. I, 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 for a little while, um, used to do. Have you ever heard of Oz Comic Con? When and you know, the, so they had the conventions and all that. And for a little while, I did some of the interviewing with celebrities and everything. I remember getting absolutely torn apart by Riker from Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> um, for because I don't really, I don't watch it, and so I went into the interview of just like, all right, I'm going to be able to do this without knowing any of his background, and I think he. Saw straight through me, and yeah. it's probably a game, Absolutely it's probably a game that those guys oh, have, right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was loving it, and I'm yeah. sitting there with flop sweat sweating, coming down yeah. my face. Um, yeah, absolutely, totally well, apart. You should listen to the, like, That's the Larry one. King one. There you go, yeah, um, scrub up. He doesn't like to know anything about his guests before he goes in, and they used to kind of almost play a game where he would get to the studio, have three hours of content to fill with interviews, and not know a thing about anyone he's interviewing. And just try to have to work it out on the fly. You know what's good though? I remember seeing one interview with Larry King that like it's one of my favorite interview moments of all time. He's interviewing Tony Hawk. Yeah. Oh, and really? Then, yeah, and he's talking about skateboarding. And I'm sure it's part of this game, but this time it backfired because he goes, Now, Tony, when you're doing skateboarding, how important is the board? It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably exposed a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's about that as equally <laughs> important as the skating proponent of it, the whole experience. <laughs> so, I think there's a short gif on the internet of that particular that's question. Great. So I like that's that. very enjoyable. Um, yeah, check it out anyway if you're, if you're interested in journalism or anything. It's just it's a short good. run. It's not an ongoing thing. So you can download them all now and... Yeah, Side uh, recommendation along those notes. Um, one of my favorite interviewers that I have is uh, Ron Bennington, who's a New York radio personality. Mm. Uh, and he's, he does a, I think he does a minute local comedy club, but he does an unmasked series of l- people of all kinds. And he's just like an unreal interviewer. Um, unafraid. So just ask all questions that you want to know rather than the ones you should hear. So Doesn't hold back. I would definitely recommend uh, YouTubing Unmasked with Ron Bennington. Awesome. But my He's uh, got double dipping on his recommendation. He is Triple. Yeah. He's the one yeah, that I cut as well. He's got yeah. the secret recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how unprepared I was. Yeah. Just everyone's <laughs> recommendations making me change mine. Uh, but the one I'm going to go with is um, a Japanese uh, Japanese, a Japanese rock artist Kikagaku Moyo, who are going to be Whoa. a uh, guest artist on the upcoming Gizfest that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard put on every year. I think they might only be Melbourne and Sydney, but uh, definitely worth a listen. More musical than... Can you say the name again for me, sorry? Kikagaku Moyo. Can you spell One more time. Kikagaku <laughs> Moyo. But I went through... How do you, how do you spell it? Uh, if you must know, uh, I thought my I, pronoun- I, I spelt that O'Bolters. I thought so. my <laughs> pronunciation so much easier than that. I thought mine was pretty obvious the way I pronounced it. But if you must know, it's a K I K A G A K U space capital M O Y O. Progressive rock, kind of uh, psych rock, 
but more music oriented than a lot of the bands that they're going to have on their set list. But uh, what do you I mean more music oriented? Uh, they're, they're not just not much lyric. A lot of dr- dr- uh, well, they're going to be more jammy. Droney. Yeah, probably yeah. more uh, jammy tunes. But um, I saw the Giz first lineup announced, and I they're the second billing, and I'd never heard of them, so I gave them a Spotify, and um, really really cool. So I was going to ask who top billing is, but it's Giz. It's yeah, their okay. festival, <laughs> so they can do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, really cool. Um, they do some Japanese, some English, so it's fine. Yeah. Now, where can people find you on the internet? Do you have a social media oh, thing yes. or anything like I that? I am I'm 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 on the social medias, but I am a, I'm not on Facebook or anything like that, so don't bother trying to find me there. But if you uh, want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, it's Blake is Brewing. Uh, and you'll see me there. At the moment it's just nonstop trying to get people to come along to the show so um you'll definitely find out more details there and or if you want to follow any details about the show we do have a brute thoughts page on facebook i'm sure you can just look it up or um we also have another instagram thoughts brute thoughts underscore brood if you want to see some other more specifically catered photos and things like that for the show What's right. the Fringe Festival website? Is it myth.com.au? That's that? no, Melbourne International Film oh, Festival. Oh, Film Festival. Yeah, What's yeah. the Fringe yeah, Festival I'm glad website? You didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fringe. Google it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, it's Melbourne Fringe. You'll find it. Or if you want a direct link to Brood Thoughts Consummate Professional, just uh, find us on Facebook first and then Piece you'll of cake. Get, get the link there. I think we'll run a competition attached yeah, to the show. Yeah, definitely. We'll oh, give you right. some tickets. We'll, Looking we'll, at your PR. We'll work it out. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah. We'll definitely, definitely we'll figure that out. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Stay tuned. Dave. Uh, you can find me at MelbDave across uh, Twitter and Instagram primarily. Find uh, the podcast at facebook.com forward slash ale of a time. Give us some cash. Yeah, give Why us wouldn't a, you? Sling us a buck. There's a give couple these of, boys some dollars. There's a couple yeah. of upcoming fun things that might oh, be worth your while. Oh, yeah, if you give while, some cash so now, you get um, a pretty legit. Do you reckon they trust this with that? Yeah. Exactly. I got some insider knowledge on what you guys have got planned. Yeah. Obviously, as we weren't recording, and I'll let everyone out there know it's definitely worth getting on board. Definitely, yeah. Thank you. If yeah. you trust yeah. these, that seems sincere as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was hundred <laughs> percent sincere. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with the nature of this show and Patreon. You guys are able to do something very different. So, thank you. Get on it. Fun. So, um, if you want to slang us a couple of bucks per month, then please do. Patreon.com forward slash Aliver Time, all one word. Luke, uh, you know what we haven't had in ages is a new rating on iTunes. Love one, please. We, like since December, it was no. Chris, our good friend Chris, who uh, served us a couple of beers at Stomping Ground last yeah, week. Yeah, right. Uh, in December, no one else has given us one long since time then. ago. So hey? Please write us on iTunes. If it takes you're twenty on seconds. I've done yeah. it myself. Yeah. Oh really? Don't tell people that. <laughs> it was a different name though. Uh, it was a different podcast as well, right? And I was okay. I was trying to save you, yeah, but no. all right, keep digging. Five stars, yeah, five stars. Dave, Dave also rated my other podcast, uh, Hypothetical Institute, five stars. I think it was well. a pretty witty uh, comment as well. If I'm I not think mistaken. so. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but um, I liked it. Yeah. If you want some uh, fun conspiracy banter, tune into Hypothetical Institute. I we've just recorded five backup shows. Oh, so to cover been, your holiday. Yeah, so we're doing two shows a week. Jeez, that must have been tough to get a bit of a backlog. Oh, my Lord. Non-stop talking? I know all about Alex Jones and vaccines. And if you know what a conspiracy theory, I've got it in my head right now. Uh, so Hypothetical Institute, it's a lot of fun. And at Ale of a Time and aleofatime.com, everywhere else. Cool. Thanks, Blake. No, Thanks thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for letting me talk about my show. And hopefully you guys, well, obviously you won't be able to, but hopefully so you can come out there and you can make Absolutely. it out. And everyone else out there, I hope you can all come along and have some beers. Have a good night. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers.